Hey, this morning, um, just while we are being given the opportunity here to uh, freely worship Jesus in, in Queensland, we do want to continue to think about our kingdom family in different parts of Australia who right now don't have that same freedom. And that, um, you know, uh, our, our friends and family in Sydney during the week, they were, had all these plans in place and then... Anyway, all that got shut down again on them, and so it's it's, it's a really tough and exhausting reality for um, you know people trying to facilitate community right now in kingdom life. And so, pray for the guys down there in Sydney, and then also in New South Wales, and then the Vic, the Victorian crew. They're just kind of like they're really under the you know the constraints right now. And you know when that sort of thing happens, and and we have known that here too. That's that's. That's not just a, like an impact on our practical lives. Those, those things impact us emotionally, spiritually, mentally, relationally, economically, every other E. Uh, so it's like, it's, it's a big deal. And so pray for the, for the people in Victoria right now who are really like under the, um, the scrutiny of those um, restrictions. And that um, pray for them and, and command that, this this virus thing to you know to leave it's okay to exercise that authority when you pray pray kingdom like pray kingdomly pray as if it's jesus alive in you and through you informing you as you're praying you know as as with him as lord hey last week um we just started a, a little series that we want to push into a little bit in this season called kingdom exhortations about learning to have <clears throat> both a mindset and an understanding of we're living for the long game here. We're living for the long haul. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't just want to um, survive the moment that we're, we're in. We actually have been invited by God to partner with him to cultivate his rule and his reign in this very moment that we're in. As challenging as it is and as difficult as it is, there is an invitation here with God to actually influence the moment for his kingdom. Um, <clears throat> we'll talk some more about that in a minute. But Philippians chapter 4, if you've got it, um, your Bible or your app, just get it ready. Philippians chapter 4, we read it last week and we're going to read it again this week. And as you're grabbing your Bibles and getting ready there, um, Paul here um, is, is exhorting the church. Um, now, <laughs> um, an exhortation for Paul is this, as, as their kind of church planter, pastor, carer, fatherly kind of guy who's overseeing all of these churches, he's like, guys, if I was there and you were a horse and I was sitting on the horse right now, I'd be like, digging the spurs in, come on. And um, he, it's, it's exhortation has that nature about it. It's like awakening our senses out of the, um, the dulling and the pressing realities in which we're living and being spurred on to actually and provoked to think kingdom. And right now we need kingdom thinkers. We need people who think kingdom. And I'm going to unpack that this morning um, more than ever. And we need people who understand how to think kingdom, um, not for just a moment, but for a lifetime. And Paul's... Um, under the Holy Spirit being inspired by God here to say, hey, Jesus people, 
uh, think kingdom and think it for a lifetime. Not just for a day, not just when the sun is shining, or not just when the clouds are on and heavy, but all day, every day, be kingdom thinkers. Um, I do want to recommend one book for you guys, and um, I mentioned it in last week's message, the title of the book anyway, by Eugene Peterson, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And um, he uses this phrase, but Peterson writes this um, uh, book on the Psalms, and it's, it's this reflection on the Psalms of Ascent when the people of God in the Old Testament would travel every year annually to the temple for their big celebration with God. And they would sing over themselves as they journeyed together. They would sing the story of the greatness of God. They would sing the laments of where they're like aching for God. And then they would sing these songs of great victory, of, of proclamation where they have seen God. And so it's a, it's, it's a great uh, book that helps us to begin to gear ourselves for a lifelong journey of following Jesus as Lord, no matter what the moment looks like. Okay, so grab a hold of that one. But we're all, you know, in this season and in this time where we're discovering that to hold um, a sense of... Um, Mental aptitude and thinking right now is really um, being tested for many of us for in, in many regards. And, um, and I want us to pick up on that this morning because Jesus is actually inviting us to have a flourishing kingdom life up here in our head. That when Jesus said in response to those who asked him one day, what's the greatest command of all? And Jesus said, well, because he was talking to a Jewish audience at the time, he said, well, love the Lord your God with all your your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This faculty up here has been designed to love God and to love people through this faculty called our mind. And we're going to just touch on that a little bit today because Paul's pushing into that. Now, let's read together. Um, Before we we get too much further into into this, whenever we start to talk about mental health or the mind um, um, and transformation and new life, there's many self-disqualifiers that automatically jump up and want to self... uh, and self-disqualify us from actually having a full, healthy mindset, worldview that flourishes in partnership with God. There's a whole bunch, and some of that, some of that self-disqualification stuff that pushes back is your own stuff. It's the stuff that you brought with you for however long you've been alive and that your family said, this is the way to do life. It's all of that stuff that's at work in there. It's also the stuff of the lies of the kingdom of darkness that from the day you have been born has been telling you, trying to tell you who you are through um, the voices of others, through the voices of culture, and even just through direct demonic attack. And then there's God's stuff in there as well, telling you 
in your relationship with Jesus as you have been born again and by faith, agreeing with the resurrection work of Christ, by faith you are now having the mind of Christ being established in you more and more each day, even unto glory. It's like all of that is taking place between your ears. And it's between those ears that today Paul wants to get at in his exhortations to the church. So let's read that. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul says, or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I just noticed this when I was reading that scripture in, at the 8.30 service. As I was reading it, I was like, isn't it interesting that um, the invitation to a life of prayer and present, it, it, life of prayer, Paul says that the peace of God, the virtuous ruling and reigning of dynamic of God's peace will transcend. In other words, it invades your understanding, your frameworks, your thinking. There's this numinous of God, this palpable reality of God. Now, and then at the end of that, in verse 9, he, he makes a big shift. He actually moves away from saying it's just the, act, the, the effect of God to where he actually says, and the God of peace, not the peace of God, but the God of peace will be with you. He makes a very strong shift of gears there. And, and I just noticed it like in first service this morning. I was like, whoo, got to pay attention to that one. It's not like I'm just having an experience of a part of the reality of who God is. No, no, the actual God who defines what peace is and his power and authority will be with you. It's not just a thing about him. It is him himself with you. You can take that one for free. Alrighties, but this morning, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm not sure if you've ever been in a, um, a gym where everyone's doing a workout class together, but after a while, it's like, someone please open the window in here. You know, A, it's getting hot in here and whew, you know, bodies kind of make this odour when they start exercising. But it's like, just someone open the door, turn the air on, something, please, there's a bunch of stink in here that needs to get out. So we can get some fresh air in. Um, or maybe, maybe if you're not the exercising type, maybe you have walked into your house in the middle of summer and you forgot to take the rubbish out this, before you went this more, to work the more, in the morning. And you walk in the door and it's just like, whoa, what is that in this room right now? 
that, you know, that lovely perfume. Oh, that's right, I forgot to take the rubbish out. When it comes to this scripture here, Paul is inviting Jesus' people to open up the window, let, let the stink out, because what is in a person's heart will come ultimately out of their mouth and or take the rubbish out in terms of, today's a big invitation to take the rubbish out in terms of the thought life that actually is destructive and stinks and it's not from the Lord. But so this morning when we begin to um, address this issue, open the window, open the door and invite God to begin the transaction of taking the stinking thinking out and that the kingdom would come in, in your thought life and in mine. Um, Most of us don't consider ourselves to be people of um, prayer. I would I would has I would say otherwise. I think everyone in here are brilliant prayers, and I'll unpack that for you in just a second. Because um, have you ever sort of got a thought in your head and it just won't get out, and you just loop over that thing all day every day? And usually that stuff is usually negative. It's usually um, stuff that's oppressive or it's a lie or it's like we find it easy or it's in response to um, it's an emotional response to the way we've been treated or been sinned against or rejected whatever that is but it's like I just can't get past it it just keeps rolling around in my head well this it's interesting in this little scripture Paul says um, in verse eight, uh, verse 8, he says, after this listing all these wonderful kingdom of God attributes, he says this little word, he says, think about that. Think. And that word think is a really good one. Because it literally means, if you're, if you're a child with a, um, a Lego set, and what you're doing is you build something, You pull it apart, you build it again, you pull it apart, you build it again, you pull it apart, and you build it again, and you pull it apart. That is what that word think really means for Paul. He's literally saying, roll this thing around in your head again and again and again and again. And we do that so all the time. usually with destructive stuff, stuff that doesn't bring life and health. That stuff, we can roll it around in our head all day. We can roll around our own guilt, our own sinful actions, our own own broken stuff, the lies we've been told and we've adopted as truth. We can just, that stuff rolls around in our head all day. And the other word for that is meditation. You're people of prayer, and you're really good at it. We meditate all day long. The, the invitation from God is, through Paul, is to reconsider what it is that you're rolling around in your head all day. What are you meditating on all day? Because some of it stinks, and it's robbing you of the new life in Christ 
and some of it is new life that wants to come and reinform every your worldview, your relationships, and the way that you do life. What do I meditate on all day? Well, usually if you want to have a think, you know, if you want to get a catch on what it is that your mind's rolling around on all day, it will always pop out here, out the mouth. That's what rolls around in here informs the intelligence of our emotional life and comes out our mouth. The stuff that's coming out here reflects what we're meditating on. Paul, when he uses this word, have a think about this. He's, it's interesting to rethink or reconsider or to revisit um, in your mental health, who God is and his attributes and the kingdom life, he's, he's also saying you need to repent. You need to actually partner with the Holy Spirit to change the way you think about God. You need to renew your mind in God. And, um, and I just... I want to invite you, because I think the Holy Spirit's um, being poured out in this season, for people to rethink, to roll over in their mind, to re-examine, to pull apart and to put back together and to examine who God says we are, that we can have a healthy thought life. And so often we look at this list of things that Paul says, have a think about these things. Often we'll approach that as a, as a to-do list it's like, well, how do, I, how do I think more nobly? How do I think more truthfully? How do I think more purely? And what, it is, what Paul's inviting you into is a relationship with the God of peace. He says it there at the end of his, at the end of his um, little exhortation. He says, if, if you want that stuff of God, come into relationship with God. And in considering who God is, his love, his presence, his power with you displaces the stink, the stinking thinking. See, the born-again experience for those of us who are following Christ is to have our mind renewed on a daily basis. That, that I've, just to give you another picture to help understand this word, think again, Every year, um, as I've, I've mentioned to you many times, you know, Nicole and I, we love to have a, an annual holiday at the beach and it's got to be, well, the elements have got to be there. It's got to be sunny, it's got to be blue sky, I've got to hear the surf, smell the salt in the air, I've got to feel it on my skin and just like the sand between my toes and I'm just like, that is like opening the window and it just invades me and fills me. This word think, the other the aspect of this word is literally to dwell. To dwell. It means get, get, get into God's space and dwell with him there. So for me, annually, I just sit on the beach and I'm like, I am dwelling. This is good for me. It's, that's, that's what Paul means when it, you have a think. Have a think. Dwell with God. Don't be in a rush on this stuff. Um, you know, um, so often uh, um, experts or have, have said for those who are involved in um, 
in ministry and or or, or or people who are involved on frontline services or or in um, working with um, police or ambulances or doctors and nurses in emergencies and fireys and so forth, they say that you need to take your annual leave. And, 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 and they say you can't, you know, the best way for you to be renewed and healthy is to take big blocks of time. Don't take a, a day there, a day there, a day there and some, one over there and three over there because it actually doesn't give you the chance to dwell and stop and think. You need to take big blocks of time. That's why they say go and have two to three weeks annual leave and do it in a big block because it takes that long for us to actually dwell. How are we dwelling with God? Well, Paul says meditate on him. Roll him over in your head again and again and again. And when you think you've got it, roll it over again. Because this, this relationship with God is multifaceted and multidynamic and multi-powerful. Think about these things that are true, noble or honest, right or righteous, pure. I mean, just have a think about it. Like, dwell with God for a moment and go, what? What does purity look like in my life in this season with you, God? And just hang with him for a while and let him talk to you about that. Lovely. Dwell on the lovely stuff. He's, he's actually not talking about flowers there. He's actually talking, the, the real guts of that one is, you know, dwell on the stuff of brotherly love, of where I can live for the sake of another in the kingdom dwell on that stuff that's good gear admirable stuff good report stuff of good report nicole has this fantastic little app on her phone i think it's on a instagram it's on insta and uh it's called daily it's like a daily good news story good news it's a good news movement and um, basically every day she just gets a little story from somewhere in the world of someone that has experienced some kind of good news. And every day she peels it open and she says, oh, you should hear this story. And she'll tell me this little story of good news. And, it can be, and it's, it's not major dramatic stuff it's just little stuff where people have experienced kindness or goodness or favor or peace or just just little moments where it's been caught and someone's captured it and then we spend the day meditating on that stuff like that stuff just rolls around in our head all day it's like yeah that's that's right that's noble that stuff that's true that's honest excellent Virtuous stuff, stuff that's worthy of praise. It's darn easy to load up our head with stuff that's easy to judge and condemn. But God's called us out of that death and into a resurrected life with a new mind. So we, the Jesus people, can model to the world, hey, that stuff, that's easy to do. Try living a true life, a kingdom life a life of genuine influence into the world. Think on these things. Um, The other just little picture word to finish with 
is, is like um, when Paul's saying, have a think about this stuff. Um, you know, a, a spring's almost here. There's, the flowers are starting to, you know, bud. Some of the Australian natives are already, like, flourishing all over the place where I'm walking these days in the afternoons. And, um, but in terms of fruit and so forth, buds are on the vine. And in not too long, there's going to be these beautiful pieces of fruit. And, you know, I don't know, have you ever on, a, like, a really hot summer's day had a fresh, like, I mean, a freshly picked, freshly squeezed orange on ice? Just like, just squeezed the pips and all of it, just like squeezed in there on ice. It's so refreshing. But Paul's saying, when you think about these attributes and ways of God, when you roll this stuff over in your head again and again and again, it's like getting that orange and just squeezing it. And when you think you've got everything out of it, just squeeze it again and keep squeezing it. And keep squeezing it because there's always another drop of juice. Just keep squeezing. This is what it means to think. And more than ever, you guys are a good news gift to this moment in time that we're living. Of people that can demonstrate to the world another way of living and thinking at this time. You guys have been called by God to partner with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to think differently for yourself and for the sake of the world. And for the sake of the world. The born-again experience of kingdom thinking is a healthy thought life where we get to partner with the Holy Spirit and we learn to, like Jesus said in the greatest commandment, love God with our mind and love others with our mind. You know, think on each other as though God is thinking on each other. And if you're having a difficulty figuring out what does it look like, For God to love others, get your head and your eyes on Jesus. Because ultimately what Paul's doing there with that beautiful list of all of that stuff, he's saying it's all about Jesus. The writer of the Hebrews says it like this in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. He says, "Let's, let's throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles, and let's run with perseverance this race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. Get your thinking onto Jesus. Not on the 24-7 news cycle, not on the disappointment that, and the sin that so easily entangles, but get it on Jesus. The born-again experience and the invitation of the good news of the kingdom of God is to actually have a mind that is being renewed by God every day. And not just your thought life, but in terms of physical healing as well. We believe in physical healing. We are kingdom 
practitioners. And that has the invitation from God to step towards issues of physical, mental health that are broken with the good news message and power of God to bring healing to people's thought lives. That's hard work. It's hard work. But we're the ones that carry the message of the good news to step towards those who are right now suffering with mental health issues that is of a physical nature as well. Please hear me because there is absolutely no condemnation in Jesus Christ. And as I look at all of us and the people that I walk with every day and the number of times I have, you know, I'm engaged with people who are dealing with mental health pressures and issues, both the thought life, the spiritual experience and the physiology of that experience. It's into the midst of that that there is no condemnation. I'm looking at you and others and those I'm touching every day with the mindset of Christ. There is no condemnation for where you're at. There is huge invitation, though, for where God wants to bring you through to into life in all its fullness. No condemnation, loads of invitation from God to a whole new life. So let's consider him. Let's think on him. Ultimately, this description that Paul lists, it's all about getting our thought life on Jesus. So I want to invite you today, in this moment, to just have a little think, because Paul says it here in verse 9. He says, if you've heard anything, he's being a bit like tongue-in-cheek the way he's writing here. He's like, "Uh, if anyone's heard anything that I've been saying, put it into practice. Like, literally, put your foot on the clutch. Put it into first gear. Let the clutch come out and put your foot on the accelerator. Partner with God in putting this stuff into real-time life. That's how we move from stinking thinking to kingdom practitioners and thinking with health for the long run, for our sake and for the sake of our region and for the sake of our world as good news bringers of, the, of Jesus Christ to the world. So have a little think about just now. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit just to partner with us in this moment to have a little bit of a think about where, where can I partner with you, God, and actually put this into first gear in the stuff that may is noble or true or pure or brotherly or admirable where where can i partner with you where do you want to invite me into that today lord let's just pray for a minute father i thank you for um i thank you for the scripture i thank you for the bible i thank you for the power of the life and the invitation and the revelation that's in the bible it's in totally inspired by your spirit And I just thank you that as we're sitting here today, Holy Spirit, you're inviting us to think again. To think again.
about Jesus. The one who took on flesh and came and made his dwelling among us and who continues to dwell among us today by the power of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you just speak to our our head right now about how we can partner with you to think again? Just show us, Lord. Take this take this from being all talk and theory, God, this week. Put it into real time. And for those of us, Lord, where our, our, our thought life is a continual battlefront, I ask for your mercy. I ask for your mercy and your power to come. Your, your rule to break those arguments and strongholds and pretenses that have built themselves up opposing the reality of you, Jesus. In your mercy, Lord, would you come like a wave at the beach and wash away those thoughts and bring new life in our thinking. I pray also, Lord, for just um, a fresh sense of authority and encouragement that you have given to us, Jesus, as the risen King to just confront the lies when they come by displacing them with truth. No, no, that's not what I am. That's not who I am. That's not how I have to feel. This is who Jesus says I am. This is who Jesus... This, he's given me his emotional intelligence for this. He, this. This is how I can feel and think and be and make decisions. In Christ Jesus. Because the God of peace is with me. Help, help us, Holy Spirit, in that moment, that tipping point moment this week. And I pray, Lord, that not only would you do that in us this week, I pray that through each and every one of us in the room today, you would put us in a real-life situation and relationship where we can love others with our mind as well, that they might know Jesus, that they might know Jesus. I speak healing to those of us who have, who, who have wrestled and continue to wrestle for physical healing in our mind. I speak healing in Jesus' name. Meditate on these things. Whatever is true, whatever is righteous, whatever is lovely, excellent, noble, pure, admirable or praiseworthy, I exhort you in the name of Jesus this week 
roll that around in your head again and again and again.